Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is a conversations with people we love. We have a very special guest with us. Her name is Annie Burnside, friend of mine. No, friend no. of mine. Friend of mine. How do we meet Annie? I forget. <laughs> I met Annie because, well, first of all, Annie's been on this show before. This yeah. is this is round two because, yes, yes, yes. You yes. are our first guest ever asked to come back a second time. Oh, my god! Feel special. Thank you so much. Because you are. Oh. You are. Well, so she wrote her first book, Soul to Soul Parenting, which obviously I highly recommend. And my – so she was on the radio on WGN. My mom heard it. My mom called me, said, there's this woman. She sounds like you. So I emailed Annie, found out she lived in Chicago, and now she's my very special friend. And here we are. Yes. So um, she wrote two books. The first one is called – Soul to Soul Parenting. And the second one is called – from role to soul. Got it. Okay. Yes. Um, so, sweetie, you wanted to start with a very special question. Well, I did. First of all, from uh, I will say this, to, to prepare, you know, I'm putting that in air quotes because we didn't really prepare for this interview because we just like to talk with Annie. Off the cuff, sweetie. We do. But what I did is I printed out um, the table of contents from Annie's book. I have them right here. Her From Role to Soul book that came out last year. What month was that? Um, September 2014. September 2014. So, so that book came out and I... I, I had read a lot of Annie's stuff already, um, meaning that a lot of the things in the book she had written and it was, you know, kind of out on the internet. So I knew it was going to be amazing. But when I looked at her table of contents, I was like, this is everything that anybody needs for yeah. self-awareness. It's the spectrum. It's it, it's awesome and intense and also so, um, I want, what am I trying to say? I'm grasping. Like, not doable, but accessible. Here That's the word. Because she uses amazing language. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then as Annie just reminded me, I was so honored to write the foreword for this book, From Role to Soul, which was very easy to do mm-hmm. because everything Annie puts in her writing is exactly who she is. So if you read her books and you're like, wow, this woman can't be this great, she is. Just FYI. Well, sweetie, we're both forwarders. You and I are both. Oh, yes, you have wrote a yeah. forward. <laughs> Which was amazing, Todd. Oh, thank you. That really moved me thank when you. I read your forward. I wrote the forward oh. to Kathy's book, and Kathy wrote the forward to Annie's book. So if I ever write a book, <laughs> Annie, you got to write the forward to my book. <laughs> That'd be easy. <laughs> <laughs> Just, we'll go in a circle. That's right. So, our big question, well, not our big question, but our start off question, Annie. I mean, your book is amazing, and, and we might get to some pieces, but really, what you and I talk about all the time is self awareness and this kind of living as, I don't even want to get really deep and spiritual about it, just being ourselves, right? Yes. Living as as we are. And taking that idea, it's not even an idea, that concept, that um, that way of being into our parenting. And you have older kids than I do. Your kids are in high school. So you have a senior, mm-hmm. a junior, and an eighth grade, eighth mm-hmm. grader. So, you know, Todd and I always talk about the ages of our kids and how conscious parenting or just being yourself type parenting, what language do you use these days? How do you, or do you even describe Gosh, it? It's, um, it, there really isn't even a language anymore. I kind of went through that phase and really love that. I guess we yeah. laid a lot of groundwork, but it's more just a, a lot of silliness, quite frankly, or if something goes a little bit out of alignment, a look and a, come on now, kiddo, mm. come on. And then you can see their kind of internal compass coming back into um, what they know to be true for them. So what you're describing is when your kids does something that maybe not be so nice or something that they need to kind of reflect about, you're not doing the quote unquote discipline that we always hear about (laughs) in media and everything else. It's a little more gentle than that. It would rarely be necessary now, but Mm -hmm. again, you know, my kids are 18, 16 and 14 to, I mean, we've never really had to take a phone away or anything. Um, 
I think early on, we kind of let them know what we expected. And it wasn't easy. There's still challenges, but it's more now we trust that um, just a gentle reminder, come on, kiddo, please, you you know better than that. Or think again on that one and they can do it. Right. And because a lot of parents yeah. would, you know, get into a lecture as if that really is going to help a 16 year old. And I don't know, are, are lectures really even that helpful? Yeah. Yeah, we don't. Um, I used to use more words mm-hmm. for everything. Yeah. I'm not even writing that much now. Or um, now it's just um, less words, less is more. And that's the truth with my kids. Mm-hmm. And just really encouraging them do what enlivens you. Mm-hmm. And lots of um, just, I, I was saying to Kathy on the way in, someone had just messaged me on Facebook Oh, you're not writing as much of your deeper things. And um, I miss it, but I, I'm enjoying the things that crack me up that you write. And I said, <laughs> You know, it's so funny. After 25 years of searching, I've landed where I first started, which is just silly old me. Mm-hmm. And yet, acutely aware of how beautiful that is mm-hmm. mm. and that's really you know kind of what i want for my kids be silly old you right but, but be aware yeah how really imperfectly perfect that is or beautiful that is. so would you say that you uh went through a I guess more serious phase maybe not even in parenting but just in your writing style and now you've kind of come full circle and it's you're less serious is that kind, fair yes it um you know i still love the depth but um I don't know. It's just, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm subbing now and in Evanston near where I live and it is just so, um, enlivening. I'll use that word again. It's challenging, but I feel just to be around the kids Mm -hmm. and just meet them where they are, listen to what they have to say and not be telling them my thoughts on things so much. It's really been impactful to me. I am enjoying it supremely. Right. And I think it's balancing out some of the depth and the seriousness. So here's what I think. I, I don't know you as well as Kathy does, but Kathy obviously thinks very highly of you. And I have a feeling that your parenting style is similar to the parenting style that Kathy and I share and the, and the parenting style that we try to bestow to our listeners. And I, when you said how, Kathy, that Annie's kids are in their teenage years, what's nice about this is because we don't have teenagers. Mm-hmm. And right now there's probably somebody who's, who's listening who just had their firstborn who's one year old. And what I think, and obviously your kids aren't perfect, but they have a sense of self-awareness. And I feel like you are kind of like, if I were to fast forward my life, I I hope that my kids have a similar self-awareness. So in, in, in essence, it's a, this is what you get for all the hard work you've done from when they were born until they were 12 or 14. Yeah, like like Annie, you know, we've already talked about, you know, maybe when they're challenging you or they're having issues. Because, of course, that's the thing we always say. It's not like doing, you know, being yourself with your kids or having self-awareness with your kids causes them to not have life's challenges. All it does is give them some tools of how to deal with it and know that they'll get through it. But, like, how does it look you know, for you, like the, you know, how does that um, show up in your family, not just in a parenting style, but the relationship you have with your kids? Like, what is that like? Yeah, you know, I, I love what um, Todd had kind of said. It, Jim and I have talked about this, my husband, Jim, um, kind of we are beginning to see the fruits mm-hmm. of, of what the type of um, conscious parenting that we chose. And um, a lot less parenting, much more friendship in the sense yeah. that we enjoy one another's company. Jim and I just were out with the girls. Our son Pete's quite social right now in eighth grade. He wasn't with us. But um, for dinner on Saturday night, we wouldn't, there was almost no one else, no other couple or anyone else that we'd rather be with that they had an opportunity to go out with us. And we had Mm. a blast. And it wasn't big talks and deep things. There's some of that. But just 
lots of laughter mm. and yeah. um, really welcoming where they're both headed. Our oldest one's headed off to college. Couldn't be more thrilled for her and, and beginning to, to let, let her go. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's a really exciting time. And it comes, you know, we kind of mirror each other's growth. I'm going through some changes with what I'm doing. My kids are, and it's just kind of, we're just in it together. Just see you can relate to each other. Yeah. Yeah. As we always can. It does, you know, where Annie is in her stage, you know, it's a little more literal, like growing adults and, you know, like they're understanding adulthood so you can share adult things with them. But I think we can always relate to our kids' experiences. I think we can always not only bring our own, you know, our own history to share with them, but we can always... Everything that they've experienced, the feelings they're having, we do too. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, we can always um, connect. And, you know, I'm so glad that you said that about being friends because it's one of those like taboo things where whenever I will say to parents, you know, how would you treat a friend? Treat your child that way. Well, I don't want to be friends with my child. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's become, I think that was a thing in the 80s or 90s where there was a big like, don't be friends with your kid. You're the authoritarian. It's very different than friendship in like you and I being friends. Peers. Right. right. It's an organic process that occurs um, when you've been in a close family. Yeah. I think a good way to put it, um, the way I look at my children or my life or my my husband's life, your lives, is just a really deep appreciation for Mm -hmm. a beautiful unfolding life. And being open to the mystery of of how it's going to unfold and excited for that individual. Because it's going to be really unique. And we don't know the challenges. We don't know the ups right. yet. We don't know the downs. But if you're just open to the unfoldment and that's what you enjoy, mm. yes. then there's less attachment. to. And um, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about that. But I can honestly say our family's begun to live that a bit more. Yeah. And then the friendship, it's just... It's, it's, it's right there. Mm. It's the natural thing. It is. Yeah. It is appreciation. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, when, um, we had a moment last night, it wasn't even a moment, but the girls, I had to teach a little bit last night. So I came home and the girls were all in the same room sleeping together, even though they all have their own rooms, you know, and I ended up going in there with them and they always know how to get me to stay in the room. They'll start playing the organ because they know I'll start singing and they'll play the song that I'll sing. They'll be like, wait a second. And then Todd kind of, you know, comes dancing upstairs because he hears the music. And then we, I had this moment where I was watching my middle daughter and she is so free with herself, meaning she's out there and she sings and dances and, and does that in front of us with no fear of judgment. And I feel like that is, and when I say no fear of judgment, she's just being herself. Yeah. There's no, she's not putting on. Because the other girls don't need to do that as much. Right. Do you know what I mean? They kind of enjoy the background and the staging and the – it's just – I just love being in the presence of her true self. Well, and she's comfortable yeah. enough with us and, and we should feel blessed that she is. Now, she would not ever do that in front of other people and that's fine. Oh, that's fine. And I think a lot of parents would be like, well, you do it for us. Why don't you do it at yeah. school she or for stage, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's just another reminder – just because they're doing it at home doesn't mean they have to do it outside the home. No. Well, and can I add no, a way to keep you, me in the room is if they start brushing my hair. I just wanted to oh. say that. <laughs> Pull out a brush and I'm just going to sit here. You can stay up till 11 p.m. <laughs> you know, I yeah. say the same thing, yeah. especially when Todd's traveling at night. I'm like, girls, I will watch a movie with you. If Brush somebody brushes hair. my hair. Totally. Oh, my gosh. That's I just so had to funny. add that because <laughs> one of my favorite things. Oh, me too. And it's <laughs> such a – I feel like it's such a give and take because they really like it. I know. 
Even so, my son did it for years too. Not anymore, yes. but I know. I had a, sorry, Ted. <laughs> so we're me- just gonna have a conversation. Hold on, one more thing. I had a male babysitter when I was growing up, and he would do that too. He was this lovely neighbor that we had, and I think he was like a freshman in high school. What was his name, sweetie? His name was Glenn. Good old Isn't that Glenn. A great '80s name, <laughs> Glenn. <laughs> and he would comb our hair, and then we would comb his hair. And so I never thought that was strange, mm-hmm. and I love that. Like, mm-hmm. and when I say strange, it shouldn't be, but I think a lot of boys, you know, we we're talking about all the masculine stuff that would not even you know well, I'm not going to brush anyone's hair or whatever who doesn't love a head rub you love head massages Todd I love head massages but um these I think your scalp is tougher than mine because Cameron will brush it to the point where it hurts my head yeah like yeah. a rough she, massage yeah hurts. does yeah. she do that to you uh sometimes I think you just have a rougher scalp yeah we kind of yank on our hair we're ponytail girls <laughs> yeah Ouch. it's the intimacy I think that yes. we're talking about yes. yeah right. these little things it's so much more than just hair brushing mm-hmm. that's and that's such a good you know, like talking about the boys, that's the thing. It's a connection. It's very, it is very intimate to brush somebody's hair. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So okay. give me the, uh, what grades your kids are in, Annie? Um, the son, Pete, eighth grade. Eighth? Yes. And then um, a junior girl. Junior. And a senior girl. So are you ready for a senior to go to school? Are you, are you like it's, dreading it? Are you excited? You know me, I'm a very, I'm a real both ands kind of gal. Mm-hmm. So of course it's going to be, you know, I'll walk. I walk by the parks where we spent so much time. And um, there's a feeling, I think one of the hardest things about being a human being is the passage of time. Mm. Yes. And so I, I feel that. Mm-hmm. And yet at the very same time, simultaneously, oh, such excitement. Mm. And, and Jim and I are ready for them to fly. And and it's going to be one after the other. And and quite frankly, you know, I'm 44. He's 47. We're really thrilled for, for our next chapter right. as well. Yeah. Yeah, so it's sure. both. Yeah. yeah. I love both and because I find myself when I'm speaking – always, as Todd w- will attest to on the show, um, I always will try and talk about something and I'll always say, but it doesn't mean this isn't good. Mm-hmm. Or it doesn't mean I don't have these feelings because people get very, we're such a soundbite society that people will get so focused on, but you said this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can be excited for your next phase and desperately miss your child. Desperately sounds too extreme. Really miss your child. Or simultaneous, long or for long the for. old days. Exactly. Or They're absolutely, they can be completely simultaneous. And really have, that's part of the, I think that groundwork we've talked about laying with our children. What are our children like now? Um, I shared this recently with someone. Um, my daughter, senior daughter, is in a political science class that she loves. And she just, she said to me in the car recently, you know, I, I have fairly strong views, but I always try and state. Um, gosh, I can see what you're saying. And, and she says, I really can. Mm-hmm. And yet mm. I tend to lean in this direction. Right. And to me, that kind of says, how does it begin to manifest in a child right there? Right. To be able to be in a class and speak her truth, but not make others wrong right. and still genuinely be able to say, gosh, that's I can actually understand what that person is saying. Absolutely. She sounds smarter than most of the politicians in Washington right now. Absolutely. Not to talk political, but the whole idea is to be able to see something from somebody else's point of view, not necessarily agree with it, but at least appreciate where they're coming from. And I mean, that's special. And if you use the words um, we were talking about, (laughs) I I call myself an independent, as do my kids and family, simply because I want to be able to lean in different directions that feel right to me at the time. Right. So it's kind of fun to see things like that. Well, if you child. say you're the right or the left, yeah. then you're pigeonholed. Well, you right. can't like this because Democrats don't like this. Or you can't like that because Republicans don't like that. So, Which is a lot of actually kind of this is leading right to what the book is really about. I am Annie. Mm. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not um, 
whatever it may be, a new ager. Mm-hmm. I'm in just really moving through life moment to moment, day to day as Annie mm-hmm. and co- trying to come from that place. And I've found that to be really, really liberating. Yeah. It's, it's a, to use a word that I don't, didn't used to use that much. I'm really happy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because I've mm-hmm. really learned to come from that inner space. Right. Just Well, and to release all those labels, you yeah. know, to release all those words that we feel describe us. And I'm not going to do this justice, but I was just listening to something last week and they were talking about, um, you know, choosing, and I'll just use because we're talking about political parties, that really it's like finding a tribe. Mm-hmm. So when you call yourself a Democrat, there's all these people that you can bond with and that you can have a conversation with and you feel like you belong or vice versa with mm-hmm. Republican. And that place in the middle that what, you know, you would call independent or we would call just being in the moment of what feels right can often be a lonely place. Mm-hmm. And unless you are grounded in who you are and you, like you said, Annie, you've gone through, you know, if you, again, you guys look at our table of contents and then continue reading, of course, but if you've gone through all these stage, stages and phases since you were obviously from birth, but even more specifically since you were 19 starting this mm-hmm. process, you realize that you can be in that middle place. Mm-hmm. And, it, and even the word middle sounds labely. You can – you don't have to attach. No. And you get to be with everybody. Yeah. I mean I get tingles on my legs when I talk about it because it's just the most – freeing thing. We don't realize how often we put ourselves in a quote unquote tribe, maybe out of fear or out of um, its its habit mm-hmm. when we really don't have to. We can just love everybody. Yeah. And I, th- I think the key is to some people would say, well, what do you mean? Because I am a teacher. I am a parent. Mm. And to me, it's more about you still have those roles. You know, I have a lot of roles too, sister, mother, but the role isn't the front and center anymore in my interactions and my mm-hmm. relationship, it's moved a little bit more to the back. Mm-hmm. It's a little more secondary. I'm very aware of my roles. I'm going to be responsible mm-hmm. for my roles. But the front for me is now what I would call soul, what mm. some people call core. Right. And that's the way I really, whether I'm I'm subbing, yes, of course, I'm the teacher. I'm aware of that. But God. it's the, the soul-to-soul interaction that um, I'm after with whatever I'm doing. We're twenty. We're twenty minutes in, yeah. and we haven't even named her book yet. Shame yeah, on we us. Did. We from roll to soul. Fifteen shifts on the awakening journey. We didn't say that, did oh, we? Oh no, we didn't. We didn't say the subtitle. So is there, is there fifteen chapters in this bad boy? It, yes. Well, you know, an intro. Kathy's straightforward Got conclusion. It. But yeah, but, fifteen chapters. But within each chapter is certain breakout. Just we read one of the which chapters. Which one? Give me a number between uh, one and fifteen. Uh, three. Number three. From outer symptoms to inner signals, and it's, it talks about limited connect, limited connection to body to inti- intimacy with intelligent system. From doctor tell me to body tell me. Mm, love that. From physical layer to energetic layer, from literal to symbolic. Um, yes, and again, we're not losing the first part, the from physical layer. Of course, yeah. that's important, but we're adding the second mm. and making that just as primary. Mm. We're not losing, you know, a doctor's information. Of course not, but we're adding knowing our own body, and we're going to blend the two. That's really kind of the point of all the chapters. How are you going to blend those two? Go ahead. So, Annie, yeah. why do you think that that concept? can cause people to be defensive and and that's a broad question but i find that you know because like you well i'll be that guy for a second okay what do you mean i i the doctors fix you why would i want to listen to my body i have a doctor why would i bother listening to my body um you know and i can only um just how i wrote the book share my experience and perspective has been that when i opened to 
the secondary layer, the energetic layer, the inner layer, um, when you're working with your body, the emotional root layer. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, it, it widened how I viewed an illness or something going on in my life. And in that, this book is a very personal book. So for example, in that chapter, I'm giving you examples, mm-hmm. one after the other, yeah. of what it looked like for me. And no one has to go down that path, but it created such a spaciousness in my own heart. And um, I became much more intimate with myself. Mm. And I want that for my children. I want that for my friends if they want it for themselves. And if not, that's cool too. Got it. Right. There's yeah. so many choices. Yeah. You know, over a break, Todd and I, we drove to Florida, so we had lots of time in the car. <laughs> and one of the things we really got to talking about is what is it that we really want to teach on this show or what, what are we really what are we really talking about? Because again, those labels can get in the way. Because there's it's we want it to be as broad as possible. And really it's about just it's what you're saying it's being everything you are and embracing everything you are and like you said the roles can be awesome love being a parent love you know being a writer love but then just taking though i envision it i you know i see it as like obviously peeling the onion which you know is a you know one of those metaphors but taking those layers off looking underneath um releasing you know getting to the center of yourself and then still doing Exactly what you did before, like the whole idea of, you know, my, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water after enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. It's not that you're necessarily going to look different on the outside. You just have this deeper sense of self-understanding. I I could not agree with you more. And maybe one of the big differences is I feel a lot lighter. Yeah, actually, there's, there's more space just to be silly and loose and like just enjoy being on this earth yes you know after kind of 25 years of searching and seeking because don't you because those labels are those stories because that's for me if i'm gonna you know it's all these stories i've carried about this is the way you're supposed to be or things people have told me or taught me or things i've seen you know i don't point fingers i just kind of look at how it all came to be and you have all these stories so then you start to you make choices in your life based on those stories oh i'm supposed to act this way i'm supposed to be this way a parent is supposed to um look like they're in charge i'm not supposed to be funny with my kids i'm supposed to show them that i'm the there's all these stories and like you said when they're gone you're free mm-hmm. yet you're still driving kids to practice and you're you're yeah. still doing the same thing you're just it's like big weights mm-hmm. off your shoulders. Yeah, you can meet the moment in in a more free way. Mm, yeah, lovely. What about chapter seven? From striving to contentment, it says from trying to simply breathing, from struggle to relaxation, from holding on to letting go, from attachment to surrender, mm. from planned strategies to organic growth, from project motivation to soul calling, from needing a timetable to trusting the process, and finally, from long-term goals to spontaneity. What do you got about what's going on there? Yeah, you know, boy, that's that's actually a mouthful. I went crazy on that chapter. I love it. Um, I love it. That just, oh, that chapter, this has been my past couple of years. Um, that chapter really means a lot to me. Um, and, and again, a reminder, we're not totally necessarily moving away from the from part, but mm-hmm. moving more in the direction of the two. I don't know. I, I realized, you know, I always kind of had this not yet there feeling. And um, I remember so clearly I was driving with my daughter Piper on um, one summer day, two summers ago, and it was just um, like, I'm already living the exact, I'm living the life that I want. Mm-hmm. Like I would strive to make it into some big arena and be this or be that. And 
really? So I could just end up having the life that I already have. Mm -hmm. And it was like the biggest revelation. I just, I had tears streaming to my face and I was kind of laughing like, oh, Annie, you just had missed that just by a little bit with too much striving and, and even the, the spiritual seeker. I wasn't quite there yet. And that was the beginning of an unraveling for me, which that um, chapter describes. And it really important for me. Um, what was the term you just used? If not there? Um, just uh, slightly underneath the surface was this um, maybe an anxious thread of not there yet. Not there yet. Almost in everything. Yeah. You know, not a good enough this yet. Or, right. Um, oh, gosh. And that began to unravel. And that really um, was the beginning of a real change in my life where I fit, felt I've really begun to integrate yeah. a lot that I've been seeking. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, and don't you think, I mean, that is I, one of my quotes over my um, my desk is, you know, it, it's something I can't remember how it starts, but identifying with the ego, it's never going to have enough. It's always going to want more and you're never there yet. Mm-hmm. And so, and we don't even have to define it as, you know, ego is one word to define it. But when you understand that that is kind of a neurotic way that thinking mm-hmm. can mess with you and you recognize that there's nothing true about it, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what does it mean? You know, it does, has a, a child who's free and excited and they're five, have they not yet arrived? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Aren't, you know, do they need to do, I think our society is so focused on what success means from the exterior that until we reach that point that that we have somehow not arrived, but a newborn has arrived. Yeah. And, and so, yes, I, I agree. And some of this, I would never want someone to think, oh, well, then it just happens overnight or all at once. No, you might be building a business right now and listening to this. And of course, there's going to be some goal setting. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some, come on, wake up, get out there and do it. But maybe along, right along with that, again, it's the both and. Think of it also in terms of the um, the unfolding mm-hmm. or the not being too attached. To me, this happens in degrees yeah. and becomes sustainable by degrees. So I wouldn't want anyone to feel out there, oh, I'm totally in the froms and not moving towards. It's just kind of we're all going to find ourselves somewhere in between. But mm-hmm. to me, it's been important to be aware of both the striving and the contentment mm-hmm. in a place where those two meet for me. Right. Well, we were, Annie and I were just talking about upstairs how when things do, because Todd and I are building a business, mm-hmm. you know, always. And, but and we have meetings, sweetie. We do have meetings. And sometimes, do sometimes, we have meetings? Sometimes they don't, we don't connect <laughs> in how to go about. We connect, but we don't agree. Correct. Um, but, you know, we are building a business. and But the thing that has shifted for me, and I was just telling you this upstairs, when, in, when opportunities come, like say we get to do an interview or we're going to meet someone that's really interesting to us instead of it being like okay this is it this has got you know there's a sense of gosh this is great and no matter what comes out of it mm-hmm. this is great and that whole dropping of this is going to be it or i have to do this perfectly or if i don't do this right everything's going to go wrong it's so fluid mm. yes. it's just icing yeah it's all like the building of the business itself is whatever building means. It's just enjoyable. Remember that thing we read at Jimmy John's that day? And it's that story about the <laughs> yes. fishermen. Yes. Will you tell that story? Do you know that story? I, I think I do. I'll, I love I'll it. butcher it. Will you go ahead? Well, isn't it the man that The man, he, it, he's like fishing and he no. takes a nap in the afternoon and he just has his teeny tiny business and just feeds himself and maybe a few family members. And, and this dude and is this like... this dude walks up. He's like, what are you doing? You're really good at this and you should start a business and then you'll have to do this and then you'll do this. And I'm butchering the story. So but, eventually yeah. you can retire so you can relax. Do the exact <laughs> Take same a nap thing. and fish yeah. and feed your friends. Right. 
Exactly. That's it, man. That, yeah. You just, that that's yeah. nutshell. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. Jimmy John's. It. Jimmy John's. It's all about Jimmy John's. <laughs> I love Jimmy John's. <laughs> I do. My problem with Jimmy John's <laughs> is that the bread and the mayonnaise and the turkey or whatever I'm having, it makes it very slippery. It's Slides much off. more slippery than Subway or Quiznos or anything else. So that is my take on Jimmy John's. Does anybody else have a take? Well, my take is I know I should get the lettuce wrap, but that bread is so good. Have, what do they do with that bread? <laughs> it's the bread. That bread they is, infuse it with love. Yeah. Yes. They're like, shh. And <laughs> so bread. I get the sand. I, get, I, always, I, I never get the lettuce. I always get the bread too. And um, the bread, I get a veggie, and Todd always says it's the condiments yeah, sandwich. Yeah, she gets a condiment just, sandwich. Yeah. Because I, I think I spent a month this in 2014 where I didn't have any meat. Uh, whatever. It's my challenge to myself. And I would get those silly sandwiches that you get. Silly? Sorry. Those really Not good. so good tasting sandwiches. <laughs> and it's just lettuce and tomato and cucumber. avocado and cucumber. And, and avocado. These are all good things when it comes on something different. But if that's all there is, it's just a total buzzkill. Well, but nothing yeah. slides off. Not, well, is that true? Yes. Maybe a cucumber event sometimes. Yeah, tomatoes. Those tomatoes get slippery with the mayonnaise and the bread. <laughs> I'm kind of with you, Todd, on this one, <laughs> <Yes>. baby. <laughs> she loves me. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy John's. Love it. But you know what I love about that is that's another thing that's a very Annie Burnside thing is this whole idea of spirituality or, or just awareness or understanding um, core level. It's everywhere. It's at Jimmy John's. Yeah. yeah, it's driving in the car. It's it's you know having a conversation with your kid. It's um, you know having a being by yourself. Like I love. Um, I've always really wanted to get Jim and Todd together because I think a lot of the things that and again it's normalized for them because they've been living with us for a long time. But you, <laughs> I think we'd have some stories. I think oh, yeah. we have some stories because you driving. Like, does in the this car, happen? Yes. Does that happen? Yes. And like having tears stream down your face. I cry in the yeah. car so often. Yes. And and I'd say seventy percent of the time it's joy. Cry, yeah, totally. You know, could be the other cry too. Could every be. Now. yeah. But I, yeah, I agree. sometimes I'm like, I don't know what the hell this cry is for, you know. But meaning it's just coming. But a lot of times it's that, like, oh my god, you know, this the the synchronicity, and I. I well, here's the deal: it's because you girls fill yourself up with goodness and love, and what I mean by that is like, you know, maybe you're aware of the world events of what's going on, but you don't embed yourself by watching CNN all day or whatever it is. I mean, I've. Close friends, I just visited some close friends and they were watching CNN and when that Paris thing was happening. Oh, yeah. They had it on all day. Yeah. Why do you have to have that on all day? Yeah. Can't you just like get an update off your app on your phone in the morning and then move on? I mean, I, I think the reason you guys do feel the way you feel, and sometimes I feel that way, it's because you're you become what you want to be, which is love and goodness and good stories. And that doesn't mean there's not a bunch of bad stories out there, but it's not something you have to dwell on. Yeah, I love that. And if there's one thing I've I've learned along the way is it's hard to meet darkness with more darkness. Mm. If I drown in the darkness myself, then there's no space to for the light. Right. Well, another we want to do a podcast sometime soon, and the title of it's going to be something to the effect of "You can't feel bad enough to make somebody feel better." Sometimes when something bad's going on in the world, or your family member, or your friend, and you feel like it's dishonoring them by being happy, and you have to be sad, that's there's something messed up about that. that. Is an awesome podcast, you yeah. guys. I hope yeah. you do it. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm so glad you brought that up because that one of the first times that Annie and I met for lunch, which was now probably four years ago, um, that she gave me that that quote that you just said because I was struggling. I was working with someone or something was going on, and I just felt like I was carrying their darkness. And really, that had been a life pattern for me. Mm-hmm. me you too. know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like where part of the reason I think people would like to be around me is I would take on everything, and they'd be like, "Whoa." 
better, you know? And you were and you said that quote to me. You said you have you can't take their darkness or you can't help them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it was like such a paradigm shift for me where it gave me permission to not think I needed to feel the weight of everyone else's pain. I call that extreme empathy. Mm. Yeah. So empathy is a wonderful thing. And oh, it's a trait that um, I'm glad that I have. I'm glad that my children have extreme empathy, though, um, is is an act ends up being almost an act of self betrayal. Well, it's it's out of balance. Yes, it's out of balance. Todd, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a important, very important topic. Absolutely. And that, you know, just to even there's even research around this now, you know, Brene Brown did a lot of research on these kind of things. And one of the things she found is that, um, you know, feeling bad or like, you know, carrying all that weight doesn't keep you from how do I want to say this? When when a negative thing happens, it's you will have more energy to deal with it if you are enjoying your life on a daily basis. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you are living in the light, and again, that sounds too cliche, but if you are appreciating everything that is there for you, then when a challenge does occur, you have enough energy to deal with it. But if you spend all your days carrying the weight of everyone else, it's very difficult to help beyond a certain level. You're just drowning in everyone else's stuff. Well, it, um, I used to struggle with the difference between sympathy and empathy. And then there's that Brene Brown little miniature speech and they put a cartoon towards yes, it. Do you remember wonderful. that one? that's wonderful. Yes. And it's really good. And we'll post it on the show notes. But basically the way I remember that little um, thing was that sympathy is when somebody's in a hole and they're stuck and you're above the hole and you say, it sucks to be you. Right. Basically, right? right? Whereas empathy is something to the effect of- I've been there before. I've been there. I'm I'm with you. I'm supporting you. So you're kind of on the same plane instead of this hierarchical, you know, I'm above you and I'm not where you feeling are. Feeling sorry for you. I'm telling you, there couldn't be a worse feeling than when people feel sorry for pity? you. Pity? Is that pity? Yeah. Pity is very different from compassion. Yes. Yeah. And then taking Annie's point about extreme empathy is you're going actually below them and trying to keep them totally. up. And you are just going to wear yourself down. Right. So meeting someone where they are, mm-hmm. having that empathetic nature of, you know, I have either had this experience or, you know, we've all known pain. Mm-hmm. I don't care what your pain has come from. Pain is pain. And having that understanding, but also knowing that that's their work. Mm-hmm. That's their work. Mm-hmm. That's their that's theirs to get through. And what they need from you is that sense of grounding, totally. that sense of I can get through this and there's people there who are strong mm-hmm. around me. I have a few silly questions to ask you, but before I ask you these silly questions, um, do you have anything you want to talk about your book before we kind of close up shop here soon? No, I think we've we've actually covered so much of what mm-hmm. it was about just by our um Well, we scratched the surface is what we did. Yeah. No, I think... We really, the really hit it. Yeah, we hit the essence for sure. Thank you, though. So what's your favorite movie? Oh, my gosh. I know it's one of y'all's favorites, too. Um, I just, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah. Did yeah. we ask her these questions before? No, no. but I've, okay. I, it just, I've seen it so many times. Do you think, I think more guys say that that's their favorite movie than girls. Oh, Safe I, to say or no? I don't know. I, I can't even, but I don't, I don't I think. I feel it's a guy. I mean, I, I respect, I love the yeah. fact that you called that movie out, but. I don't know. Me and all my buddies, it's just, I think we hold that in such a high regard, but maybe girls do too. I don't know. I don't know. Movies for me, because I did have extreme empathy and empathy for so long. Um, other ones like Green Mile, Dead mm. Man Walking, where you're forced to um, inhabit. to inhabit that both and world yeah. and feel love for someone maybe who has done a very bad thing. Like Percy. 
from Green Mile. Yeah. Remember yes. Percy? Yes. Oh, movies like that touch me or, or Philadelphia where Tom Hanks, that moment when he's singing opera mm. and he knows that he's, he's going to die. It was just thinking of it. It yeah. just, it, oh, it just moves me. And in that scene, yeah. he forces Denzel to see him mm. and to recognize yes, that him. connection yeah. and that human. And you know, what does Denzel do? He goes home and hugs his child. Yes. And he, he, it's like, I always look at that scene as he gets it. When you see the, the break open yes. in someone. And when I say oh, yeah. break open, where they're going to go deeper into their own core, which is what the journey is, that thrills me like nothing mm. else. So when, when music portrays that Jim and I were driving home last night, we were downtown, we were blaring music. I don't know about y'all, but music, movies, they bring they, it out yeah. all of it it's why we're right here there That's oh it. it just it, so well it it gives you know we were talking about words and words don't do things justice sometimes and music obviously there's lyrics but sometimes it's just the sound mm-hmm. it takes you to that place you know and a movie it just plays out the story and you may have no relationship to prison mm-hmm. but it's all the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's well, all the same. August Rush is a good movie about the music and how it's the this music is the universal language. Mm, never heard mm-hmm. of and it. We're feeling it's it's a great movie. Yeah, mm, you got to write yeah. that down. You ever heard of it? Do that too. Uh, August Rush. August Rush. Yeah. I feel. Really did it come good. out like three years ago? Four Maybe years ago? like six or seven. Six or seven yeah, years ago. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, Other questions. Yeah. Well, and I know I don't want to paint you into a corner, but like you're, you've kind of like taken a step back and the striving is not as important to you as it once was. But having said that, is there some mentor, somebody, an author, somebody that you'd really like to either work with or meet that might surprise us or like who pops to mind? Like, God, I wish I could just hang with that person. Gosh, you know, I, I, I used to, to always have that. I was so into all the authors and, um, I have to say now that I started subbing, I just, to be in a classroom with seventh graders mm. and just kind of observe them. Mm. And, you know, a sub, I'm there to, to help them just get through the day. Yeah. But um, I'm that honestly, that's, that's kind, of where, kind of right now. Yeah. Less about someone writing about it, which I've done for years and, and more about just um, being in it, being in it a little yeah. bit more. So this is what goes on at two o'clock in a seventh grade classroom. Right. It's, um, that's where I am now, but it's an unfolding life. So I don't know, you know, a year from now I might say, I love this person. I want to meet them and I'd love to speak here. That was a very honest answer. So thank you for that. Sweetie, you got anything? Cause then I think we got to go. Um, well, I was going to say maybe Derek Rose. You're a big Bulls fan. I'm a Bulls fan. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Kathy. (laughs) Derek Rose's, um, perception has taken a a few notches in the last few years. I've enjoyed watching that. Really? That's what I was thinking. Like his background. That's why I think I like him because. Um, when I read about him and I think he's getting the, bad advice from people around him and just how hard it would be to um, lose your anonymity yeah if I had one fear in the world which is paradoxical to when you become an author and you think oh I want to make it big in this it would be losing my anonymity I agree I, I would hate it so I feel um, so bad for Justin Bieber yeah. and these people who can't Walk outside. Yes. So sad. Um, but I do love Derek. I got a bobblehead doll for Christmas because my family kids me about it and I shake it during the game. So anyway, yes. Bulls you not fan. only love Derek, you see Derek. <laughs> do you do. know what I mean? I know. At the deepest level. She's written about him, mm-hmm. issues yeah. with his knee. And just, you know, obviously I know you're a diehard fan, but there's when you really, that's the thing about you're saying you're seventh graders, you see them and, and they're just, everyone's just really beautiful, aren't they? Yeah. And you're aware, you know, they're going to have challenges and ups and downs and yeah. like, gosh, what's it going to be like for them? 
it kind of excites me to think about. You know, it's yeah. going to be messy. It's going to be clean. It's going to be all of it. And what tools are they going to grab? And yeah. what in this small amount of time? And it's not about you going and you thinking you need to impart all this wisdom. But I'm just going to, I get to observe it and I also get to be here. And I guess the final thing would be, gosh, I hope they one day, if they don't now, just remember who they really are. Yeah. And that's, that's it. So Beautiful. name of the book is From Roll to Soul, 15 Shifts on Awakening Journey, on The Awakening Journey. You get it at AnnieBurnside.com or Amazon or anything else, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then her first book, Soul to Soul Parenting, A Guide to Raising a Spiritually Conscious Family. Um, this is the real deal, guys. If you like what we talk about in this podcast, you're going to love her two books. Yeah. Annie Burnside, you're awesome. Yay. Oh, thank you all so much. We love you. We love you, too. Thank you very much. And um, tune in next time, I guess. Yeah, have a good week. Adios. <laughs>